We've been in a series called Christianity 101, and we're going to take a break from that. We're going to pick it up next week. But today, I want to talk uh, about an important subject that's going to apply to every person in this room. It's especially valuable when it comes to raising kids. And what we're going to talk about is that our words matter. Words matter. What we say makes a difference. And it makes a difference in our families. It makes a difference in our marriages. It makes a difference on the way we raise kids. It makes a difference on how we handle ourselves in the workplace. I know it makes a difference on raising kids because I have three adult kids all over 30. And what I say makes a big difference today. And they still pay attention. And it's very important on what we say and how we handle our speech. Tim Sanders is a leadership coach or guru. He's an author, a conference speaker. He's former chief solutions offer at Yahoo. He has a book entitled Love is a Killer App. It was very popular uh, a few years back. In this book, he advocates leading by loving relationships in the marketplace. Now think about that. Leading by loving relationships in the marketplace. Uh, this is not like everyday stuff in your workplace environment. In a newsletter, Sanders tells an interesting story about uh, principles for the workplace. Now, specifically, he had, been, he had taught uh, that every employee is unique and valuable. Think about that. If, if you as an employee in the workplace were told that you are unique and that you are valuable by your boss... Steve, who listened to this, had six employees. They all worked in the same building, but Steve had not had a face-to-face conversation with his six employees for about six months. Kind of an unusual um, situation, Um, but that was the case. So because of what he had learned about loving relationships... Steve decided he wanted to take each of his six employees and tell them how much he appreciated them and about the excellence that they bring to their work environment. Um, and he wanted to say at least one thing that made a difference uh, in, the, in their employment. So uh, Steve followed through and worked his plan. And he told each of his employees how much he appreciated them. It made such an impact on one of his employees named Lenny that Lenny came back to work and gave Steve an Xbox uh, game console. Steve was shocked to receive a gift. He knew that Lenny had taken pay cuts over the past year. Uh, Lenny told Steve later that In that year, his mother, Lenny's mother, had died. And uh, Lenny was in a bad place. And depression set in. And Lenny cycled downward. And Lenny bought a 9mm pistol and began to think very seriously about committing suicide. Lenny wrote these words to Steve later. He said, I started a routine every night after work, eating a bowl of ramen, listening to Nirvana, and getting the gun out. It took almost a month to get the courage to put the bullets in the gun. 
It took another couple of months to get used to the feeling of the barrel of the gun in the top of my teeth. For the last few weeks, I was putting ever so slight pressure on the trigger, and I was getting so close, Steve, so close. And he goes on, last week, you freaked me out. You came into my cubicle, put your arm around me, and told me you appreciated me because I turn in all my projects early. That helps you sleep at night. You also said that I have a great sense of humor over email and that you are glad that I came into your life. That night, I went home. I ate ramen. I listened to Nirvana. And when I got the gun out, it scared me silly for the first time. All I could think about was what you said, that you were glad that I came into your life. The next day, I went back to the pawn shop, and I sold the gun. I remembered that you had said you wanted the Xbox, Xbox more than anything, but with a new baby at home, you could not f- afford it. So for my life, you get this game. Thanks, boss. Words make a difference. Words are powerful. Words can help people, and words can also hurt people, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What you says matters. First of all, if you want to take your outline, there's an outline in your program, and we're going to be taking kind of a survey from the book of Proverbs. And um, the very first point is that our words can help people or hurt people. Our words can help people or hurt people. I want to remind you that the book of Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings. And here's what some of you may not know. The book of Proverbs was given by God as a training manual for parents, how to raise your kids. Now, it wasn't about, you know, changing diapers and how do you get your kid to sleep through the night. But it was about teaching kids wisdom about life. And wisdom is very important to God. And when we teach kids wisdom, we teach them how to be successful in God's eyes. Not necessarily the world's eyes, but in God's eyes. So the first uh, proverb is Proverb 10, uh, 21. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21. The lips of the righteous nourish many. The lips, the words, the speech of righteous nourish many. It helps them, helps people grow. It contributes to their health, their spiritual health, their emotional health. It nourishes. It adds value to them. Um, Words can nourish. Words can lift someone's self-esteem or self-worth. We know that self-worth is extremely valuable. You know, the truth is God loves you very much. And he's made uh, a marvelous creation when he made you. And there's so many things in the world that drag us down to having a really low self-worth. And we're way below what God thinks of us. And it's, it's an inaccurate perspective. Uh, words can nourish many. They can encourage. They can infer, uh, affirm people. They can inspire people. Words Our speech is powerful. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11. We're going to look at a survey here. The lips, uh, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. 
Think about this. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Your words can be life-giving, inspirational, motivational, encouraging, building them up. But there's another realm here, the fountain of life. God has chosen the message of eternal salvation to be communicated with words. And your words can be a fountain of life everlasting when you communicate the gospel, which is that God sent his son, that Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty for our sins, that he died and on the third day he rose again, and God requires us to place our faith in Jesus Christ. Those are life-giving words. No one has eternal life or spiritual life apart from that. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Reckless words, words can hurt. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Reckless words, words that are said without thinking, words that are said in anger, words that are said in the heat of the battle. They can pierce, they can cut deeply. They can cut somebody right to the very core. Words like, you're no good. Uh, You're never going to amount to anything. You're so uncoordinated. You're so sloppy. You're so fat. Reckless words. They can hurt deeply. On the other side, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Our speech can be soothing, uh, can take the, the abrasiveness away from a situation. Uh, they, our words can help people see a more accurate perspective of what's going on. It's not just um, everything is bad and everything is, uh, you know, when things are set out of anger. Words can give hope in desperate circumstances. Um, hey, you're doing a good job. Stay with it. I'm so proud of you. I knew you could do it. Those words make a profound difference when you're telling those things to your kids and when you hear them. You know, I've, I've said many times, you know, I, I grew up in the Vince Lombardi area, era when, you know, the coaches, they just, they nagged at you and they ragged on you and they were negative and they were negative and they were negative. And then once in a while, they gave you a compliment. And man, you just arose to the occasion and you carried that compliment for Weeks and weeks and weeks, just waiting for one more. And you'd put up with a lot of trash talk to get one compliment. And, of course, I told some of you that I tried to take that into marriage as if I could say things that I noticed about Sue's shortcomings. And then once in a great while, I would say one thing that was positive. That doesn't work in marriage, does it? So I'm learning to say as Many positive things to my wife as I can. And I, I love, uh, we've been reading uh, Soul Detox, and uh, our, the author says every time he thinks of something good about another person, he tries to say it. And that is so wise. When you think of something good, say it. Don't hold it back. Um, Proverbs 15.4, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So, Our speech can bring healing, it's life-promoting, and our speech can crush the spirit 
of another person. Um, you're always lazy. You always eat too much. Uh, you, you never work hard. You're so slow. You're such a failure. failure. I never loved you. You, in fact, were a mistake. Uh, and I, I mentioned a couple of weeks back, I didn't get a lot of affirmation growing up. My parents didn't get affirmation from their parents. They didn't know how to say, hey, I'm proud of you. They just, they never heard it. They didn't even, it didn't even cross their mind. One thing my mom did for me, I was an adopted child, and she told me that I was adopted from the, my earliest members. And she said, that means you're special. That means we wanted you. That means we picked you out. We just didn't take what we had to get. We picked you out. Hey, I remember that. I remember that all my life. So when I was, you know, when somebody said I was adopted, I just kind of perked up and, yeah, you, you see, you notice that? I'm adopted, you know? Okay, Proverbs sixteen twenty one. The wise in heart are called discerning. Pleasant words promote instruction. Pleasant words. This is important, parents. You want your kids to learn in your home. You know, you're going to be, you're going to power up in anger and tell kids what to do. Or you're going to be creative and make learning fun and a joy and rewarding. Um, pleasant words promote instruction. They make learning fun. They engage kids and make it easy to hear. What are we saying? This is just wisdom from God. Proverbs 16, verses 23 and 24. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. A wise heart gives wise, wise speech. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. Um, this is a true story from Christian Reader Magazine. Um, parents of uh, a junior high boy were called into the office by their principal and their son had a reputation for uh, acting out at school and getting attention. And so they went into this um, session at the school expecting, you know, they're going to get, principal's going to lay into him about their son and his poor performance at school again. And so when they got to the school, they were met by uh, one of his teachers. And she invited them in and was glad that they were there. And then she proceeded to make a list of 10 things that she appreciated about their son 10 things that affirmed him, qualities that she appreciated. The dad was sitting there listening, and he crossed his arms. And he said, okay, what's next? What else? And she said, nothing else. That's it. And he couldn't believe it. You know, dad just expected his son to be a failure. And so he went home, and the dad went home, and he told his son what the teacher had said. And he was amazed. Ten things, all ten things he told his son that his teacher appreciated about him. The next day, the son went back to school and he changed his behavior radically because he wanted to live up to what his teacher had said about him. Our words are powerful. Proverbs 16, verses 27 and 28. A scoundrel plots evil. And his speech is like a scorching fire. A perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip, gossip separates close friends. Our words can be like a scorching fire in your home. 
are your words like a scorching fire because it burns people and those people around. I've loved the uh, picture of our words can be like a blowtorch. And, you know, think of flowers. I remember early in my marriage, I was, I was uh, asked to think about the words that I speak to my wife. Do they cause her to blossom and thrive? Or do my words come to her like a blowtorch and cause her to wilt and to pull back? Words can be uh, like a fire, a scorching fire. And, oh, verse, verse 28, a first man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friend. By the way, do you teach your kids to gossip? Okay, kids, sit down. We're going to do gossip 101. Here's how you do it. Or do you find yourselves, mom and dad, complaining about your work, complaining about people, complaining about people at church, complaining about your friends, and you just, you just talk about them? And how do kids learn? They learn it at home. Gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 18.8. The words of a gossip are like, a cho- are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. People like to hear gossip. It's like choice morsels. But the impact is they go down to the inmost parts. Another true story from uh, the Christian reader is about uh, three women in the workplace Uh, On one occasion, Michelle and Sharon went to a local restaurant and they slipped into the restroom uh, to fix their makeup. I don't know why you have to have makeup fixed, but they went in and uh, did their makeup thing and they started talking about another coworker named Beth. And for two minutes, Michelle unloaded about how Beth drives her crazy. And Sharon was concurring. And then the uh, stall door opens in the bathroom and out comes Beth. And she's hurt and she's angry and she stomped out. And Michelle was quite embarrassed uh, by these words and she felt really bad about it. And in two days, Beth was gone from her job. She quit. And so Michelle called her on the phone, no answer. Michelle wrote a letter of apology, no response. And that relationship was never resolved. Michelle is a Christian and Beth is not. It's really sad. It's about gossip. So our words make a difference. Secondly, our words must be guided by wisdom. Our words must be guided by wisdom. And let me just remind you of my definition of wisdom. Wisdom is the art of skillful living. I think if you study the book of Proverbs, all 31 chapters, it's about teaching wisdom, about teaching wisdom in the family, wisdom to kids. This is a great definition. Wisdom is the art. It's an art. It's not mechanical. It's an art of skillful living. It's learning how to apply knowledge 
in many different kinds of situations because life is not all black and white. There's a whole lot of gray in life, and it takes wisdom to navigate through life. So in Proverbs 10, verse 19, Scripture says, When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. Sometimes the Bible says you should just shut up. It's wise. Uh, the next, uh, Proverbs eleven twelve, A man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor. He speaks too much, but a man who understands holds his tongue. I ought to ask everybody to go ahead and hold your tongue. That's, that's why sometimes. The Apostle James says we ought to bridle our tongues. You know, imagine putting a horse's bridle in your mouth so your tongue can be controlled. Proverbs fifteen twenty eight. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers. Before a wise person speaks, they think. They think about what they're going to say. They think about the impact it will have. What will the impact be on children, my children? What will the impact be on teenagers? What will the impact be on my coworkers? They think, they weigh, they measure their words. Proverbs sixteen twenty three. A wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction. A wise heart is the best guide for wise speech. It's easy to learn from wise words. Proverbs 17, 27, and 28. A man of knowledge uses his words with restraint. He's careful. He holds his tongue. He thinks before he speaks. A man of understanding is even tempered. Even a fool is thought to be wise if he keeps silent, and discerning if he holds his tongue. Sometimes people even think I'm wise because I don't talk much. Because even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. You too can become wise just by talking less. Some of you need to talk less. Proverbs 18, verse 6. A fool's lips bring him strife, and his mouth invites a beating. Think about this, parents. You can teach your kids this. Somehow we don't think this applies to our kids. A fool's lips bring strife. Sometimes foolish people say things that get them in trouble at school. This can save a kid a beating on the way home from school. It's not going to happen to your kid, right? It can save someone a beating from saying too much at the bar, from being arrested by the police. This is just principles of wisdom that you can start teaching a kid when they're very young, that their words matter. And uh, you're going to get in trouble with your mouth is what this is all about, you know. And you can see it as people grow up. They could have learned it at a young age. Proverbs 20, verse 19, gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Teach your kids about confidentiality. They're going to learn this. They're going to have friends. They're going to tell important things, and then pretty soon somebody's talking, and they were sharing a secret. You've got to teach your kids about trusting people, when to trust people, when not to trust people, it's about teaching your kids relational skills. They learn that at home. It's way more than just learning Bible verses. 
uh, one of the best pieces of wisdom I've heard is more is caught than taught. Kids catch how to live from their parents first before they get all the words about what they're to do. They learn from how their parents live. Um, so, how do I get wisdom? How do I get wisdom? We're, words should be guided by wisdom. How do I get wisdom? Well, make a suggestion. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. Be a student of the book of Proverbs. We can do that at every age. One, one practical thing you can do periodically is set out to read one chapter a day of the book of Proverbs for a month. 31 chapters. Just periodically come back to the book of Proverbs and learn about wisdom for your own life and how that's going to impact your kids. And another really practical way is James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. It's a great verse for parents. It's a great verse for anybody. But how do we learn wisdom? It, wisdom comes from God. He is the source of true wisdom. And we ask God. And parents, you can pray for wisdom as you raise your kids. You need it. And God wants to give it to you. But he wants you to ask. He wants, he wants to give it. He wants you to be dependent on him. He wants you to be humble before him. So that's... Uh, One and two, number three is our words matter to God. And this is, we're just about ready to wrap up. Our words matter, matter to God, Proverbs 3, 33 and 34. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers. Proud mockers are people who speak too much and make fun of other people. They're proud. They have a higher view of themselves than reality and a higher view of themselves than perhaps God has of the way they're communicating. But God gives grace to the humble. So, you know, here's a choice here. We can, you want to work against God, you want to swim upstream, so to speak, or would you like to have God on your team? And the scripture says he gives grace to the humble. Those who are dependent on him, he gives favor to, he gives strength to, he gives wisdom to. And uh, that's what I need. I need to depend on God. Um, Proverbs twelve twenty two, The Lord detests lying lips. Where do kids learn to lie? Where do kids learn to tell half-truths? Just by watching at home what's important. Some things are important. Some things aren't important. The Lord detests lying lips. Just count on that. But he delights in men who are truthful. God will detest your kids when they learn to lie. And God loves to hear the truth. He delights in people who are truthful. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 37, some words of Jesus. They bring, come to the New Testament, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Next slide. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment 
for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Here's the point. Words matter to God. Our, our words show the condition of our hearts, who we really are. It, it just comes out. And uh, one day, you and I are going to stand before our Lord. And we're going to face an, an evaluation before God. And um, he cares about what we say. Our words have a pr- profound effect on our families, on our coworkers, on our classmates. Um, our words matter to him. Give you an assignment. Memorize Ephesians four twenty nine. Ephesians four twenty nine. This is the words of the Apostle Paul. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. It's a great scripture to guide our speech in our home and wherever we are. Be careful. Be careful what you say. Don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth. But just what I have to say, is it beneficial? Does it benefit somebody? Does it build up someone? Can I meet somebody else's needs with my words? Uh, This has been real practical in our home. Uh, right after I became a follower of Christ, um, Sue helped me learn this verse. And I'm glad she helped me. And this was a verse very important in our homes, our home, and we ask our kids to memorize this verse. And um, when our kids got into a fight, we settled them down, told them to stop talking, and then we asked them to quote Ephesians 4.29. And even going through the process of calming them down um, helped them think about what they were saying. And also, uh, we had them memorize down Ephesians 4.32, which is about forgiving uh, one another. And we would ask our kids to forgive each other as a result of it. So your words matter. They have power to help or to hurt people. Your words have the potential of life and death. They can be guided by wisdom and know that what you say matters to God. Okay? Your words are going to make a difference. It helps parents. It helps all of us. 